Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. People say he ain't no good and I'm crazy as a loon Cause I shave my head in the morning and pick guitar in the afternoon Just like old Chief and Charlie I like to lay around in the shade well, I ain't got no money, but you better believe I got it made. Cause I ain't asking nobody for nothing. If I can't get it on my own. If you don't like the way I'm living, just leave this bald-headed country boy alone. tell y'all about blue collar alliance yeah i need y'all to go look it up on facebook right now it is a great group on facebook and it's way more than that my buddy bubba Marlbrew is helping out blue collar workers left and right he also has a roofing company just go look it up if you don't mind blue collar alliance one of the artists that I would really like for y'all to take a look at is my guy, Mark Ware. Mark was in here a couple weeks ago. He tells his story. You guys need to go listen to that episode. Also, go follow all of his social media. Mark Ware Music on everything. Dude is solid. He's a good friend of the show. He'll be playing a writer's round with us coming up May the 24th up in Nashville. Go look him up now. Mark Ware Music. Heel Concrete Cutting. I have known Sean and his wife for over 20 years, and they are right here from Cochrane, Georgia. They cut, they demo, they remove, they dispose of, they pour, and they'll finish concrete, plus anything else that has anything to do with concrete. They serve all of Middle Georgia, but they're not scared to travel. They've been in existence since February of 2022. Let me tell you, they do a damn good job. Their reputation around here is next to no other. They provide all concrete cutting needs for HVAC, plumbers, electricians, any other contractors, really, for new construction and old. They've got over 10 years experience. They're a family-owned business, and they give free estimates. I'm telling y'all folks, I've known these folks forever. They do a jam-up job. Please give them a call today for all your concrete needs at 478-308-3439 or look them up on Facebook at Hill Concrete Cutting. You need some construction work done to your house? I got just a guy for you. Need y'all to go check out Dennis Farmer with C. Martin Construction. They've been in business for a long time now. They do everything from demolition to Pond digging, grading, clearing, everything. 
This guy is my dude. He's a good old boy. So give him a call now at 478-283-1246. That's C. Martin Construction in South Georgia. Let me tell you about my girl, Miss Erica, with Crooked W Consulting. She has a small marketing and design agency out of North Carolina. She offers small, affordable business solutions that tailor your business and startups nationwide. She's currently doing my new website. I'm telling you folks, you need to let her do yours. She's doing us a jam up job. She also offers digital marketing, graphic design, and social media management. If I'm using her here at the studio, there ain't no reason why your small business shouldn't. Look her up on Facebook and Instagram at Crooked W Consulting or text her now at 919-351-2084. Crooked W Consulting. Hit up Miss Erica now. You won't be disappointed. Let's give a quick shout out to Nobles Networking. Guys, if you're looking for a new internet provider, they hook me up here at the studio and at my house. If you live out in the country and you can't find nowhere else where to get your internet or you're paying too much for Hargrave or any of that other shit, look up Nobles Networking. 478-308-0596. You are going to love it. I'm telling you, it works great for me. It runs everything here at the studio at my house perfectly. Hit up Nobles Networking. Let me tell you about Lori's Dive-In in Alamo, Georgia. I've ran her ad several times now. She's been with me since I started doing this stuff. Even if it's not convenient for you, take some time, go out of your way, and go eat there. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. She takes pride in her staff, her food, her service, every single aspect. So, Please go check out Lori's Dive-In in Alamo, Georgia at 18 Commerce Street, Alamo, Georgia. Phone number there is 912-568-1945. Lori's Dive-In. If you've seen me wearing hats lately that's got D-Y-H on it, it stands for Down Yonder Hat Co. Seth Bazemore, a buddy of mine, he owns that company, and he has sent me some of their hats. Let me tell you, I love them. I've worn them in a lot of my stuff lately, and I plan on wearing them a lot more. I've showed them to some of my friends. He has a startup business, and I'm telling you guys, you would absolutely love them. So do me a favor. Go right now to his Instagram at Down Yonder Hat Co. Check them out. They also have a website, downyonderhatco.com. Order some stuff from them and tag them on Instagram. And when you do, make sure when you make the post, you say that you heard about the hats and down yonder right here on the Josh Terry podcast. Now, let's get to the show. What's up, folks? I know that y'all are probably tired of me taking some extended breaks. Uh, it's been a whole week since I put out an episode, and that ain't like me. But I have started thinning out the herd, and I'm looking for better quality, not quantity of shows. I'm looking for better people to be on, better business owners, better musicians, better uh, social media personalities. And uh, the fellow I'm about to introduce you to not only sponsored the show this month, and we hope we can keep him on for months to come, but... He got hooked up with me through a mutual friend who knew me back in the days from Bearded Bastard, who I think very much of. Uh, I would like to introduce y'all to Mr. Bubba Malbrew. Did I say it right? 
or did I fuck it up? Yeah, you close, man. You you, you know you close. I'm not even gonna correct you. So damn close. Marlboro. Marlboro, man. You so close, man. I'm not even gonna correct you. Man, you gotta correct my fat ass. If you don't correct me, I'm just gonna run with it, bro. That's uh, hey, man. That's what I do sometimes. Well, first off, thank you for sponsoring the show this month. We very much appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure. I'm very picky about who I let sponsor the show because uh, this is my baby. The fact that we've uh, I went from working in radio to starting my own studio two years ago to being in the top 1% in the world out of like 5 million podcasts. The people that I associate my name with are people that I would do actual business with, people I would hang out, have a beer with, and for lack of better terms, people I would fuck with in real life. And the more that I've got a chance to look at Blue Collar Alliance and everything that you post on that page that we've been pushing for you, uh, the more that I've liked you. So I really want to give a shout out to our buddy. Uh, I'm going to say her name wrong again. I about said Cassidy. It's not Cassidy, though. Is it? It's Cassidy. Cassidy. I can't even say her name right. No wonder she doesn't like me that much. <laughs> Hell, I might not be saying it right. I don't know, man. This whole time I've known her for like, I knew her before her husband, and I don't even know how to say her name right. Well, they let they let it slide, man. Yeah, she's gonna have to because I ain't fucking editing it. Uh, Damn. But anyway, thank you for doing that. And uh, the more that I've dove into the page and found out what you do for blue collar workers, the more stuff that you talk about, the more I've really got to like you. And the fact that we're finally getting to do this, uh, it's cool for me. I'm glad that you took time out of your busy schedule to hang out with me for a little bit. Man, my pleasure, man. I really appreciate you letting me on. Um, you know, I set out a goal this year to get on, you know, X number for a podcast. We've already surpassed that number to kind of shed more light on the Blue Collar Alliance. So we could, you know, pour into the Blue Collar Worker to help them, you know, excel in life. You know, we get caught up with time and we, we get to chasing money as an asset. And then we forget that time is our most valuable asset. And, you know, you miss uh, a lot of time, especially Blue Collar Workers, miss a lot of time with families. They miss holidays special events things of that nature i did it for years 12 years i work i still work in the industry i just you know own a business in the industry now versus working in the industry um so we want to shed a lot of light on the blue collar worker to kind of help them excel in life whether it's through a side hustle and kind of get out of the rat race that's cool dude i don't know what it's like to be a blue collar worker anymore uh my dad has hung had a drywall business his whole life Oof. and so like Rough. that yeah, no shit. So that's what, for the longest time, I thought I was going to end up doing is taking over his business. Is And then probably about seven, I was probably, let's see, I'm 35 now. So probably about the age of 27, I was like, fuck this. I'm not built for this life. I want, I want to do something different. So when I say I haven't done manual labor in like eight years, Jesus, dude, I don't even think I have my man card anymore. <laughs> hey, man, I'll be honest with you. I've kind of slacked. I've been going through some personal shit in my life. So um, I kind of let the reins, get, you know, I put the reins of, of my baby in, in my team's hand, uh, kind of backed off of the company a little bit, been going kind of through some personal shit, you know, with my children. Uh, so I just took those reins back and realized that uh, – I didn't build the team that I thought I built. So we're having to do some course correction. I haven't worked either, man. I don't go out there and nail shingles. I go out there and point fingers. So um, if I had to get up on the roof and carry a damn bundle of shingles up on the roof, I'd probably die myself. So That's I'm right why, there right along with you. That is why you become the boss. <laughs> That's right. 
So what is, is I'm not built for it. Oh fuck no, I'm not anymore. I'm telling you, I don't realize how lazy I am until I have to do something. Like, oh dude, I I just really became so slack ass in the past couple years. That like even the other day, I started to change the oil in my Forerunner, and <laughs> I realized because I was a Saturday, I had nothing to do. I was like, you know what, this really needs to be done. So let me take my fat ass out here and do it. I got to the store, looked at the price of the oil, and I was like, fuck this. I'm taking it somewhere. Like, I didn't, yeah. even, I didn't even want to do it. And back in the day, I used to be like, I got a whole Saturday. Let's have a couple beers, change my oil. And I was like, no, I don't want to anymore. No. I'm the same way, brother. I, I will. People ask me all the time, you don't change your own oil? I'm like, hell no. Because it cost me like, I got to deal with the four dealership up here. So I bring, I got to buy all Fords. Don't knock me for doing that, but we buy all Fords and, you know, I got to deal with the dealership up here. So I'm able to get my oil changed for 38 bucks. You can't buy the damn oil for 38 bucks. Absolutely. So, so it's, it's more beneficial and cost effective for us as a company to do that. But then again, if I wanted to go out there and spend an extra little bit of money to do it myself, just to, you know, see if I still had it, I'm not fucking doing it. Yeah, I don't. I don't need to prove that I can still change the oil in a vehicle. I guess, like, if that requires, if that's what makes me a man now, I don't want to be a man. Yeah, I'm saying I might jump. I might come out from underneath the vehicle, jump up on the hood, and I like beat my chest like I'm King Kong or some shit. You know, I ain't, you ain't trying to do all that, but I might would if if I change my own oil. Yes. But um, nah. I want my old lady looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah, no shit. Because I I've done got to the point now too to where. I have such a short fuse when something goes wrong mechanically that it could be just something stupid like a dead battery. And if if the jumper cables ain't working right or I've got a shitty pair of jumper cables or just something stupid, like I have to inconvenience myself to change out a fucking battery. I'm like, yeah. I just want to buy a new truck. Like, oh, and, I, and, I, and I ain't got that kind of money. I, I yeah. am too poor to think that way. <laughs> I have two poor to think, oh, we need a new battery. No, you just go get a new fucking new forerunner. Go get a new go trade that son of a bitch in. I man, shit you not. This this literally happened two days ago. My girl, her dad called her and said, Hey, can Bubba come help me stab my transmission? I'm, I was like, hell yeah, I'll go help him, you know. I don't mind. I realized how much I did not like mechanic work anymore in my life when I was doing that. I realized how short my patience had done gotten by trying to stab that damn transmission. I was like, at the end of it all, I stayed humble, nice to Mr. Billy. I'm like, fuck this shit. I hit my damn knuckles. I busted up my knuckles a little bit. Thought I was about to roll the transmission on my damn face a couple times. I'm like, man, fuck this shit. I got you beat. So in my forerunner about two months ago before I went to Nashville, I go there once a month for a week at a time to record shows. And nice. before I went, probably back in February, my sunroof messed up on my truck. Do you know how difficult it is to fix a sunroof? You would no. think it would be easy. You would think that it would there would be no complication to it at all. One, they put the motor in the most fucked up place you could. Mm. It's one of them things. They make it to where you have to take it to the dealership to get fixed. I think that's their whole purpose now. Yeah. So I ha so this is what I did because I am I am a Jew bastard when it comes to stuff like <laughs> this. Like I am saving a fucking penny. 
I call, I ask them what it was going to take to fix. And they're like, if it's what we think it is, it's probably going to be like $2,000. And I was mm. like, $2,000 for a sunroof? Absolutely not. I don't need it that bad. Like, I got a 19 Forerunner. If that's already messing up, fuck it. Like, we're not, we're not, we'll, we'll make it stationary. I don't have to open that's, that thing again. Like, I, I, right. I, ain't sun, I ain't had a sunroof my whole life. We don't need it right now. <laughs> and uh, so they kind of hint around about what could be wrong. And sure enough, it was exactly what they said was messed up on it. And I looked up how other people have fixed it online. And then I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is what it is. There's four screws holding this, this thing in place. All I have to do is take the sunroof off, slide the tracks all the way to the front, put the four screws back in, stationary. Not a fucking chance it worked like that. It took me <laughs> five hours. And now my sunroof, if you were to take off the rubber guards on the side and look in the back part of it, there's a towel holding the back part of it up. So make sure it's positioned exactly right. And then I don't I don't even know, dude. I think there's like some I can't remember what I put to make sure that it was level, but <laughs> I messed up the whole tracks. Whenever I trade that thing in, if they try to open that sunroof or they look up, my truck's probably devalued like five thousand dollars. Instantly, bro. They're gonna drop it instantly. You, I ruined that thing so bad, but I was hell bent and determined not to take it to the dealership and spend two thousand dollars so i literally fixed it for like probably less than thirty thirty dollars yeah. but it is it is broke forever now yeah the only question is does it leak it doesn't leak i that's hey that's all that fucking matters man I, yeah the bad thing is though that when i put it in the position so like you know you have the guard that comes over it to where you can uh to where you don't you don't have to have the sun shining in all the time that's like, right. Yeah, you can have like whatever that little fucking thing is. The little shade thing that slides yeah, shade, up. Yeah, okay. So when I fit, put it in position, I put it in position where the shade thing was back because I was like, that'll be cool. Like, I'd rather have it back. That way the sun's shining in all the time. I forget how much my fat ass is on the road and how pale I am. And let me tell you, when it gets hot in that bitch with them leather seats, it gets hot, hot in that bitch. And man, I know exactly. I can't shut it. I would have to almost take apart everything that I did. I would rather get sunburnt on my right arm for the rest of my life than ever <laughs> deal with that shit again. Uh, it gives you good grounds to trade that summer bitch in, though, you know? Well, yeah. That's what I keep thinking to myself. I was like, I've had this now. I've had this a whole year now, and I've put like 50,000 miles on it in a year from traveling so much. That's like, a lot, bro. Dude, I'm telling you. I have the, the first week that I had it, I had to, I'm one of my buddies was having a birthday in Fort Worth and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take recording equipment out there. I'm going to do a couple shows out there. It's going to be a good time. I can make this into a business trip. I can actually get some work done. I can get the corporate sponsors that are involved with the show to, to pretty much pay for it. So let's go, let's go to Fort Worth within two days of getting it. First off, my idea, I traded in, a 2018 uh, Dodge Ram with already a six-inch lift on it and 39s on it. It was a fucking beast. Mm. But you couldn't park the damn thing anywhere in Nashville. <laughs> you you couldn't get into a parking garage in this thing. I almost got stuck in one one time. And I, my anxiety is so bad, I could have – I could have tore the whole building down. Like, just – I was so pissed. But 
I got it, and I was like, you know what? I I don't need this big truck anymore. I'm on the road all the time. I didn't drive past the gas station. It was horrible on gas. So let's get a Forerunner. Well, the second I get a new Forerunner, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, fuck, I look like a soccer mom. So what I do, <laughs> I go put a three-inch lift on it in 35. Yes. It looks fresh, though, man. Oh, it looks good. It's murdered out. It's all black and everything. I mean, oh, it's man. a TRD package. I mean, it looks good. Don't get me wrong. But the second I got it, I did that, too. Then I drove it to Fort Worth. And it's like I haven't quit driving it. 13 hours there, 13 hours back. It feels like I have not stopped spending them tires since then. I've been – I'm gone somewhere once a month recording shows. And, dude, I'm <laughs> telling you, that shit is – if I don't start trading one in every year. But this is also the first vehicle. This one and the last truck I had. First time I've ever been to the good on a vehicle that I haven't been upside down on one. I'm usually I'm usually in the red on shit. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with I got this truck I was in the red. I never looked at this truck. We talking about miles. I'm the same way, man. I'm always in the sun. My truck is filthy. It's like my office. I picked this truck up from the dealership. Salesman calls me and says, hey, do you want to test drive? But I'm like, no. We'll just do all the paperwork, and I'll just pick it up. I'm working. So I picked the truck up from the dealership after I buy it. He's like, where are you going? I said, I'm going to an appointment. Drove down to Baton Rouge, went to an appointment, come back up. And I've had it since October of 21. And I got 81,000 on it. So I'm right there with you, man. I put them on there. Yeah. I never slack up. I drive to Dallas. I'm in Dallas once a month recording myself. So uh, I'm, I'm driving there. Or I'm flying there. I'm trying to get them flight miles up, get them benefits, you know. They ain't coming quick enough. I'm scared shitless of flying. I've got to take my first flight this year. I haven't really. Done it yeah, this will be my. I got a friend of mine. Her uh, mom and dad live in Belize, and have mm. like a, a house like on the fucking ocean, beautiful water, all this kind of stuff or whatever. And they have been trying to get her and a group of her friends to come down there. Well, a free trip to Belize just sounds too good not like i don't know when i'm 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 still single now but i just feel like that's an opportunity that in a couple years it's gonna pass me by and i'll be like why the fuck didn't i go to belize for free and belize is beautiful man it's so beautiful and believe it or not if it didn't fall government with the the islands wouldn't govern under mexican law or mexico's laws like you can get islands down there for like pretty cheap and, you know, cheap, you know, you like three to 500,000 for like a, you know, a three to five acre island, which people say, oh, that's not really that cheap. It just really depends on what you're looking to do with the island. You build a resort on that son of a bitch, make a lot of money with it. Because Belize is just, all the islands are super nice down there. See, you get a couple of rock islands. I don't know geography at all. So when you just said there were islands, I mean, I didn't even know there were multiple islands to Belize. I thought it was just like one fucking big place. Yeah, they 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 got like this, the main islands, but then they got they got the like the sub islands outside there. I'm always looking up wild shit to buy, like when I when I become rich and famous, you know. Yeah. Most of the so islands on the list, a jets on the list, you know. Um, so I'm always looking up islands and Belize is always selling islands in Belize. It's crazy. So you're you're way different than <laughs> I. I'm just like, all right, what kind of drugs can I buy now? Like, have I elevated to where I can <laughs> buy a better type of narcotic? Like, yeah. are we are am i finally where i can just 
stop eating edibles. Can I go to the next level now? <laughs> what is that next level? What, where's where's that? the next level? All right, all right we're, we're going to bypass the math, but we're going to go tell. Oh yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're not stop. No, I because see, like I'm a I'm big on mental health awareness. Like that's by what a lot of the Bro, shows yes. that we do. Big on men's mental health awareness. So like I'm on this whole let's try micro dosing trip right now and everything, and it's so fucking good for your mental health. Oh my! What God. is it? Micro dosing mushrooms. All right, man. So, I've always wanted to try that. Okay, so let me tell you. Microdosing mushrooms is without a doubt the best thing I've ever done for my mental health. Now I've only done it twice, but it gives you such clarity. It gives you such clarity on the things that like you, you, you see so many things in your life as being a big problem and that it's going to be an everlasting problem or whatever. And when you do those things, you don't do enough to where you hallucinate. You don't want to trip balls. You do it to where somebody's giving you the correct dosage to where it is going to help you just refire those synapses in your brain to where you you get clarity on so many things. Dude, let me tell you, if I could do that shit at least once a week, I would. But the two times I've done it, it has been through somebody who might work in the medical field, might not. I, I, they, they rolling, might, rolling the fucking dice. Yeah, yeah. It might, might be, might not, but they know the dosage to give you. They know how much to give you. But, it, like, uh, the last time that I did it, we had our two-year anniversary party here at the studio. I decided to do them then, that night, for some reason. I don't remember why. But it, it showed me that night. I ended up staying outside half the night while everybody was enjoying a party inside the studio. And it taught me that night that I didn't have to be in the party anymore to enjoy life. I could be on the outside mm. looking in. Like I, I could, I didn't have to be what everybody wanted me to be for me to be happy. Like what mushrooms do for you is everything that you, it, this is the way it got explained to me in the first time. This is why I ended up doing them. Mushrooms literally try to break down everything you've ever been taught. So if you look at it as from a child to where you're at now, you have been programmed by your environment. You've been programmed by television, by radio, by the people around you, literally everything. So you see the world in one way. You're kind of closed off to a whole different side of the world. That's why we end up having mental health issues because we, we, we overthink everything because all we know is what's around us. And right. if it, if it ain't all about us, then we think that we're alone and it just our mental health start fucking with us. So when you take these things though, it really breaks that shit down. Like it really like it starts showing you, man, I don't really need all this shit. Like I, I don't need it. Now I think you can overdo it. I really, I think I like the hallucinating part. This already fucked up enough in my head. I'm not trying to see shit. Like, That's right. But it makes you so happy. It makes you, gives you such clarity. And it really, it's not, you're not hung over or nothing, anything like that. But whatever you feel during those moments is like it sticks with you for a long ass time. Oh, wow. dude, it's so good. But, um, well, speaking what's of that people, like? Like, what's that, what's that span? Like, is it like two hours? Oh, yeah. It's not three long. hours. If you micro it's not long. It's, uh, okay. I would say the effects of mine wore off within four. Four at the most. Um, 
if that long. It, it probably could have been shorter. I know from the time that the party started till the time that the party ended, I took the mushroom somewhere in the middle of it. And even before the party was over and everybody had left the studio, like it was, the effects were gone. But, wow. but the, but it's the stuff that you learn. It's the stuff that you realize about yourself in the middle of it that stick with you. So it's like, it's got everlasting effects. I, I'll tell you this. So like, I'm always the person who feels like, Oh, I've got to be the loudest in the room. I've got to be whatever because of my job. Like I always feel like I have to be on when I go places. That's what people want from me is to be the center of attention, the funniest person, all this bullshit. And this shit showed me, it's like, no, if these people actually want you around, they want you around for you. Like they want, you don't have to always, right. like, like if you're upset, be upset. If you're happy, be happy. Like you don't have to fucking fake. You don't have to be more than what you're actually feeling to gain people's attention and everything. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, dude, I would advise every single person to microdose at least one time. Uh, the other stuff that I want to do, because I don't want anybody thinking like when I said upper level of drugs, just so y'all know. <laughs> I, I want to get a crack pipe or some yeah, shit. Yeah, I don't want to do no coke or no crack <laughs> or anything. I want to do DMT. I want to do um, I want to do uh, what's it called? Ayahuasca. You know what ayahuasca is? Oh yeah, ayahuasca. Oh, I heard about that for the first time. Uh, actually, I was on a podcast on my first yeah. podcast I did this year, and the dude that was hosting the show, we were talking about it, and I was yeah. like, I never heard of it, so I started doing a little research on it. Yeah, I want to do shit. I want to try. Dude, I'm telling you. Well, there's also, too, I'll tell you this. There's an HBO, like, you, I think it's, it's on Real Sports. If you want to look it up, ayahuasca and these mushrooms and stuff are the only natural thing, and there's not anything that's unnatural, by the way. It's the only natural thing that they have found in our environment, in this world, that starts re-firing your synapses in your brain. Like, it's, mm. the, it's the only thing that, whether if you've had a concussion – PTSD, whatever. So that's why you that's why you have all these people now that are doing ketamine treatments because ketamine is the closest thing to mushrooms as you're going to get. Um, our veterans and everything they do a lot of ketamine treatments now instead of opioids. And, that's right. And let me tell you, dude, uh, I haven't found a place where I can go do ayahuasca, but this HBO documentary on Real Sports about it. They take MMA. Uh, fighters who have severe concussions that are in brain fog and everything all the time. They take football players that have CTE out the fucking ass Ooh. and they take them to a ayahuasca retreat. And when you see these guys from before entering and then after, you see these dudes after the effects. I'm talking about after the highs wore off. You see them crying. You see them like Oh my God, I haven't felt like this in fucking for I can't tell you the last time I felt like this. And it's literally because it's restarting your fucking brain. That's why wow. Yeah. Have you watched the uh there's a Netflix documentary? It's called uh it's something like how or it's something fungus. I can't remember what it is. But uh it's, it's on Netflix. Watch it. It explains the why mushrooms got outlawed in the first place. And it's because of big pharma, there was a study back mm. in the, there was a study back in the fifties and the people that were doing it were like, this is it. Like this is, this is the cure all for so many things. 
This is going to help so many people. And of course, because it's mushrooms and it could be naturally grown, just like the stigma with marijuana for the longest time. That's big, right. Big pharma and everything was like, no, 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 no. We don't want to cure people. We want to, we want to create patients. So yeah, that's right. That's what makes the money. And I've, I've said it for you. I've said it for years about cancer. Cancer is a, it is a money industry. It's it's not about curing you or making you better because you know, cancer is rid of my family. Uh, it's all it is, is about how much profit we can make off of this one patient. And it's fucking sick that we live in a world like that, but it is, it's where we're at now. Um, it's, it's about how much profit they can make off of each patient. Let's just put a little band aid on it for now. Get them to the, you know, just keep them coming in, keep them coming in. Have you ever, sick. the only, the only argument I ever need to make with anybody that there's a cure for cancer when people start talking about it is do you know how many presidents, vice presidents, or their family members have died from cancer? None. None. Wow. None. That, I mean, none. I mean, it's, it's fucking stupid. And even I'm a big uh, Magic Johnson fan. Yeah. But even him with AIDS, dude. Like. That dude's thicker than I am. Yeah, no shit. Living a happy, normal, fucking healthy life. You can't. That's right. Yeah, you can't tell me that if you got enough money, if you got enough money, there's a cure for whatever you're going through. 100%, man. And you back up to mental health. And that's, I, I wish I would have known about that earlier on because I, I battle, I haven't always my whole life. I remember being a kid, I remember my mom battling depression. And I'll be like, man, I was like, she was, you know, it's all about your thoughts, right? Yeah. So you, know, you go down these rabbit holes. And I was like, oh, man, mom, you can control your thoughts. When I was younger, I had no, I never knew life could over, overwhelm you like, like she, like it did her. As I got older and this is what really caused the separation in my, in my past relationship is it was just a lot of, it was just a lot of drilling, drilling, drilling. And it kind of put me in a bad headspace where I would, I was, um, having bad mental health issues. I would, you know, suicidal thoughts, something I've never done my whole life. I was having suicidal thoughts to the point where I would close my eyes and I would actually envision myself killing myself with my nine. And, you know, it got me to a point where I was scared where I kind of laid off of drinking because I was like, well, what if I get to a point and actually do it? I got three beautiful kids, you know, um, I'm blessed with two bonus kids now. Um, so it's like, what if I ever get myself to a point going through that mental health issues or those, those bad thoughts, those negative thoughts. And, uh, I, I did come close one night where, you know, I actually put the pistol in my mouth and for like three days, I taste the gunpowder for like three days after it. And it, it was, it was a, it was a reality opening reality for me that that wasn't the relationship for me. You know, after eight years, you, you hate to see something like that in their mother of your children. You hate to see that kind of shit. But I was like, it's either going to be this that I leave now and get myself fixed, you know, do my own healing, or is that never was eventually might happen where I'm, I might take myself out. And I never wanted that for my kids. So that's kind of like some, you know, kind of like touching base on some personal shit I've dealt with. And, and, and it's kind of pushed me that that situation always kind of pushed me to really want to you know, invest in, in helping the blue collar worker, especially um, even though we've had the group for so long, it's like, it's like, all right, this is my mission now. You know, we, roofing companies ball rolling, 
you know, we, we do everything else. It's like now this is my mission is to help as many blue collar workers, whether they're going through a divorce, which is really common. It's got a high divorce rate in the blue collar world um, or, you know, getting them out of the rat race. You know, just let me be, you know, a vessel for them to kind of figure out what they want to do to kind of spend more time with their family. Because at the end of the day, that's all that matters. Yeah. Uh, dude, I like you even more now. So uh, I'm a suicide survivor from 2010. Yeah. And uh, I tell folks all the time, it's, the, it's, it's probably the best and worst thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, yeah. I didn't know what mental health was. I didn't. Yes, I, I, I'm 35 years old, dude. When I was growing up, I was taught to fucking put dirt on it. I was taught that if if something was bothering you, you're a fucking man from the South. You're not you're not supposed to get upset about shit. You're not supposed to let your feelings out and everything. Um, after that, after that happened to me, um, waking up in the hospital, uh, having to get your stomach pumped and all this type of shit and everything. Oof. Like I wanted to figure out what the fuck was wrong with me. Like I would go to a counselor and they would try to talk to me. And I'd be like, first off, I don't want to talk to a counselor that hasn't been in my shoes. That's why I'm big on support systems now. Like, cause I know that fucked up people don't judge fucked up people and you don't mind sharing stuff with somebody to think that you think has been through the same thing you've been through. And I have made spring is in the air at Littleton coin company. And we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase with a wide selection of coins, paper, money, supplies, and more. Littleton coin company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code spring at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company, serving collectors since 1945. My mission in life now, and I know why I'm still here. I know why I didn't fucking die that day. And it's because I don't find the subject of suicide or mental health awareness taboo at all anymore. Matter of fact, that is one of the reasons why we do so many things with veterans and mental health awareness with them. That's my passion, working with them. And it is literally because... I got to figure out that day what mental health was, what depression was, what anxiety is. And everything that I had been through was for a reason. And once you take a hold of that and you realize, hey, I can turn my pain into purpose. I can be the reason why I'm here. A lot of people want to look for their reason in life. But what if your reason mm -hmm. is you? What if the reason why you're still sitting here today is because you got something to put on your plate? Well, if you believe in God, I'm a Christian. I'm not a very good one, but I'm a Christian. But I feel like he put that on my plate, and he he knew that I was strong enough to to wear it. He knew that I was strong enough to be able to talk about it and not be taboo about it. You'd be, you'd be surprised, dude, how many times I've been at a bar or I've been out drinking with buddies, and they know that this is something I'm passionate about, and they finally let their guard down and talk about it. I can imagine with you, you know, you feeling like that is now your mission with doing the blue collar stuff and helping them out. Having someone that you can talk to that is relatable, that isn't a psych or a shrink or whatever, that it is someone that is just fucking relatable to you that you can actually look at and say, you know what, this man isn't telling me what to do because he's read it in a book. This man is telling me what to do because he lived it and came out the other side. That's exactly right, man. People love that shit. And they love it because they know you're being real. They know you're being authentic. They know that they can see the pain when you say certain words, when you get skittish about certain things. But 
you know, I, when I first started this show, I had a, a guy that came on and we got into a very deep conversation, but I believe that there's preachers in this world and I believe there's warriors in this world. Some people are supposed to walk through life, be squeaky clean and be an example for all of those that don't consider themselves sinners. I don't want to call them hypocrites, but maybe they got some hypocrites. <laughs> but got a some, dash of it. Yeah. Some of those folks are supposed to be squeaky clean. They're never supposed to be look bad to the community, their family or whatever. They're supposed to look like they're supposed to lead the flock from the very beginning, never get their hands dirty. Well, the problem with those people is people like me that have been down rough roads that are tatted up, that's been to jail, that's put themselves through hell, that's had benders upon benders, that has had his heart broke, that's been in and out of relationships, people who feel like they're fucked up in the head, they yeah. need someone to talk to that is battle-scarred. And that's where warriors come into play. You look like you've been through some shit. That is where we, knowing that we can help people and choosing to, that is where I think it's special. I think that it is where we got it put on our plate to be a warrior, not a preacher. And that and that's where I think it's cool. You helping these guys, whether they even know it or not, whether they even know that they need it, you being open about it and talking about it in a way that makes them feel, well, fuck, if this guy, he looks like he's got it together. He's a bounty hunter. He owns some businesses. You know, he's running this group and helping people. Like, if he can sit here and say, fuck, I've got problems, it makes the person that you're talking to be like, you know what, it's okay that I've got problems because I'm not the only one. When everybody says you're not alone, they don't physically want to be with you, but they want to know that, that, that you've wore the same shoes as them. Yeah, and, that, and that's where authenticity comes from. Maybe I said that. Authenticity, yeah. Um, now I don't think there's people that are authentic enough. You, we live in a world where people can really spot out the fakes, right? Absolutely. But you can you can really spot out the realness, like you said. You can see the passion, you can see the pain, you can see uh, the purpose, you can see it in in how you communicate. Anybody that's known me for any length of time, they'll tell you I, I'm the realest motherfucker. Like if I'm in a room, I'm probably gonna be the realest. Regardless of how brutally honest I am with people. And, you know, sometimes honesty hurts. I hate people being honest with me about shit that I am. I'm like, oh, that's not me. I'm kind of defensive. I'm, I'm egotistical in some ways. You know, I'm like, oh, that's and that's not really how I see it. But I'm just trying to put myself in a different position to see where they're coming from. Um, and I don't think enough people do that. Because it's, it's, I tell people, like, perspective is it's like looking into a house. They got a dozen windows. It depends on what window you're looking through. It's what beauty or what you're looking at inside that house. And that's how kind of how perspective works. And I think if you don't put enough, if you don't, you know, take the time to look into different windows to kind of catch another person's perspective on things, then you'll never get them as a person. A lot of people don't understand me, and I'm cool with that. A lot of people don't jive with me. I'm cool with that. But there's a shit ton that I do because I'm real. I'm honest. I don't I don't try to hide the fact that I had suicidal thoughts. You know, it got mocked about because I am a happy guy. I'm generally a happy guy. I don't I don't I wake up in a great mood every day. Um and there's very rarely a day I wake up in a bad mood. If people say, Well, how did how did you go through that when you're always so happy? I said, Look, man, I just I just hide the pain with laughter. That's how I am. I joke about shit. I, I'm just a jokester, man. That's and that's kind of how I've always hid my pain 
growing up, you know, living in a crack house. Nobody knew I lived in a crack house growing up. My mom went through some bad shit, put us in a bad position. You know, no, nobody knew about that growing up because I, I hit it really well with just being a really outgoing, big personality. And now that I'm, I, and I think it, it, looking back on it, it was just, I was really just trying to, to give a false, I was being me, but then again, I was giving a false prep. It, it's a defense presence. mechanism. It's a defense yeah. mechanism. You know, and it, I really wasn't showing people, you know, who I really was and looking back on it. And, and now I, I'm open about it all. Like I'm, I really appreciate everything I went through in life. My father not being there, my mom being an addict. I appreciate it all. You know, all the bullshit I had to go through in life. I appreciate it all because it, it put me in the position I am in today. And if I wouldn't have went through all that shit, I wouldn't be here today. I, I'm the same. I, I, I'm quoted on this show so many times by some of my buddies. They think it's funny. I say that my ego has an ego. Yeah, uh, it, it does. And it's true. I, I'm the same thing. You are, regardless if I am in a church or in a bar, you are going to get my real opinion if you ask me a fucking question. Now, I might not say fuck in a church, then unless you ask me a stupid fucking question. <laughs> I, I'm, I just might say fuck in a church. I, 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 <laughs> I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, some, of the, some of those people need me to say fuck in a church. That's, That's right. They need. They, they need the real. Um. But I'm, I, dude, I'm, the, I'm the same way, and we mask that stuff because we're taught at a young age that hey, you're supposed to be happy. You're not. It's not okay for you to be sad. Why are you sad? Like you're taught that, and then that gets ingrained into you. Um, growing up, I, uh, I was a person who, and if, if I would have had a, if I would have had a clarity back in the day on what mental health was, you could have like this knew that I was a fuck up. You would have known that there was something wrong with me, but nobody gave a shit about mental health 20 years ago. But no. like I would walk into a room, whether it was the lunchroom or the gym, whatever, or classroom, and I would automatically think everyone was talking negative to Ali about me. I, mm -hmm. I would, and I still have that problem today. But the difference is between then and now is the minute you figure out that people have their own shit going on and yeah. they don't give a fuck about you. They, they are too worried about themselves to sit there and be constantly thinking negative thoughts about you. And you're not as important as you think you are. That is the second that you're like, well, shit, they feel the same way. Yep. Like, yeah, they feel the same way I do. So why am I sitting here getting discouraged? Why am I putting myself down? When literally everyone feels that way. People are just scared to talk about it. The first time I ever talked about my suicide attempt on social media, I think it was like six years after it happened. And it was literally all the stuff that I was going through at the time. I felt it was time. Like it was a weight on my shoulders to where I was like, okay, I live in a small town. I've got to get this off. I got to. I need, I need something to make me feel better. And I just felt it put on my heart one night. So I put it on social media. And the second I hit send and posted the videos and everything, I was scared shitless because I was like, everybody is fixing to think I'm a fucking crackpot. Like they are going to think that I have lost my fucking mind and I'm crazier than I ever thought I was. But the second I did, people responded in a way that I would have never in a million years mm -hmm. thought they would because my mental health and those demons that we wrestle with 
told me that they wasn't going to. But I have received nothing but love and support and people messaging me saying, man, you don't realize this. I tried to do the same thing in college. I tried to do the same exact thing, and I would have never thought you were somebody because you always had on a smile. They didn't realize that behind that smile, there was a lot of fighting with myself, a lot of overthinking, a lot of wrestling with my demons. And it took that post for me to finally put that that demon to bed. Now, every once, yep. every once in a while, now I ain't going to lie, that mental health shit creeps up on me. But I know my triggers. I know now instead of letting something fester, like if I get pissed off or whatever, I don't have to be violent or anything like that. But I'm going to let you know, hey, I have a problem with this situation. Like, whether it's a woman or a friend or whatever, I'm going to tell you. And I've completely – I don't have a three-strike rule in my life anymore. It is <laughs> if you fuck me over or I feel like you're disrespecting me or you are a toxic person, you're going to get one chance with me. And if you burn that one chance, baby, you're gone. <laughs> like, Peace out, bitch. I don't have one to be, and done. I don't have to be ugly to you. I don't have to disrespect you. But I'll guarantee you one damn thing. I am going to act like you don't fucking exist. I like the quote that uh, he prepared a place for me in the presence of my enemies. And I'll be damned if I'm going to block you. You're going to watch me fucking eat. You're fucking right. You know, and, and those same people that, that do that negative shit to you, they turn it around and play the victim role. We live in such a victim, victim mentality world where it's, it's getting bled off onto our kids in the schools, you know, luckily, you know, it's, it, you still have it, you know, you know, luckily I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, to send my kids to a private school, a Christian private school, but you still have it there. You still had the victim mentality there. You still see it there. The poor pitiful me bullshit. Um, I, and, you know, I tried to, you know, I got, I got two boys and they're complete opposites. My oldest one, he's a, uh, I'm not going to get in trouble. He don't push the envelope. He don't even test the waters. And it drives me fucking nuts. He wants to stay inside the box. And it drives me nuts. I might push the envelope, try to get in trouble, man. I mean, get in trouble. It'd be cool. I pay for you to go to school. I'll deal with the shit, you know? And then my, my five-year-old, he don't give a shit about nothing. He's looking for the trouble. <laughs> so, um, and he and he's the one that's going to go out. But my, my oldest, what he... And a lot of it has to come do, do with, you know, his mom and the way she parents. You know, she plays that role. We're not talking bad about her. It's just who she yeah. is. Um, you know, and I play a different role. You know, I play, I play the stern, you know, the alpha. You know, it's all, it's okay to cry, like, as an alpha. It took me a, long, a lot of years to understand that, that. I thought as an alpha, like, I just had to ball it all in. Don't shed no tears. Don't cry in front of nobody. It's kind of like how I was raised. But then as I got older, I said, well, that's not really a fucking alpha at all. Alpha like, really pours out his emotions. High, all, all that is doing, that is hiding weakness and heartbreak. That is all that's that right. doing. And it, when it bundles up like that, man, that's when you start to have those. And, and I realized that I was holding it all in for so many years. That's when I was really having those really deep mental health issues. I was having a lot of things from the past haunt me. Current shit was haunting me. And it was just all just, it, it was really beating me up on the inside. And you know, when I started, like, just letting it out, some people mock, you know, cool, what the fuck ever, that's your thing, cool, mock, whatever. Um, but, you know, I felt better. I don't have any issues now. I don't 
I haven't had any issues per se in the, in the yeah. past, you know, four months. Uh, so we're good. This is current shit, man. This ain't no like shit that happened. This is like current shit. Hey, look, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, just as recently as my last Nashville trip, um, I, I legit don't leave anything on the table anymore. If I'm feeling a type of way, I let it out. I got really pissed off at someone who went with us to Nashville, and it was somebody who it ended up being my fault, though. Like, I don't look at things anymore as anybody else's fault. I look at it as I was stupid enough to allow this person to to come into the inner circle. Like, it, it's my fault. I should have, right. I should have known better. And, like, I got upset about it. I got mad the way that I ended up getting treated. But after after all was said and done, I was sitting up and I was drinking and I was talking to my friends at like three or four o'clock in the morning. And I remember saying to myself, I was like, what is wrong with me? What did I do to deserve this? And then it kicked in. It was like, only thing I did to deserve this was I allowed somebody to do it to me. I allowed somebody to let That's me right. feel like this. When I know good and damn well my worth, I know exactly what I bring to the table. I know exactly where I'm going to be in five years. And this person, I wish them the best, but at the same time, it's like, if you don't see the value in that and what I've got going on, then you're the fucking idiot. Not me. That's like, right. Like it, but we have to, like you said, perspective earlier. Perspective is a big thing that I always talk about. You have to understand that when you stop allowing people to hurt your feelings and to get over on you that you take back the power. Like you, you have to know going into a situation, Hey, is this going to go right? Or is this going to go wrong? But if it goes wrong, am I doing it to myself? If yep. I have to, if I have to ask the question, if you're going to fuck me over, then I shouldn't have you around. 100% bro. Like, if I have to sit there and I have to literally think, is this person going to be the type of person that's going to screw me over first chance they get? Then it's like, okay, I'm asking that question already. Why did I even want them around in the first place? I'm the problem. But the, you know what the best thing about being the problem is? You can fix it if you're the that's problem. Right. You can't fix anybody else's shit, but you can fix it. That's your right. That's what I tell people, man. You can fix your own solution. The only thing you got to focus on is the solutions. And if they're giving you red flags or you're asking yourself, are they going to fuck me over? Hey, just go ahead and cut that relationship short real quick. It's cheap to do it that way instead of investing your time with that person. And then, you know, you, you invest, you know, six months of your time with that person and boom, they fuck you over. But they gave you all the upfront red flags that you ignored. You push them to the side because – you know, I, I think we're, a lot of us are all guilty of trying to see the. I know I am. I, I try to see the best in a situation or a person, and that that's kind of burnt me. In the in uh, even with my own company, man. You know, you want to get people the benefit of the doubt. You want to help people, but if you stop, and I had to stop ignoring those red flags, man, you cut out a lot of bullshit in your life, dude. I got a new rule in my life, and it's funny that you just said that. And I've been doing it for about the past year or two i quit seeing the good right off the bat with people i mm. I, I work I, like in, I work in reverse now and when i first meet you i treat you like you're going to fuck me over that don't mean i'm going to be mean to you that don't mean i'm going to be ugly to you or anything like that i'm going to treat you like you're going to let me down until you prove me otherwise 
because what we normally do is we see the best in people. We give them the benefit of the doubt. But if we give somebody the benefit of the doubt without really knowing them, we're literally allowing them in to our inner circle. We're giving them our trust, but what do they do to gain our trust? So I work, I work backwards now. I treat you like you're going to screw me over until I figure out how loyal you are and how much you have love for me. And the second that you do, though, and the second you prove to me that you belong in my heart, in my circle, I am the loyalest fucking dog. But I had to get it through my head. This is what I give to people. The people that I say I love, the people that I fuck with on the daily are people that I genuinely love and care about that I would go to fucking war with. Anybody else, I don't care if they're on fire. I'm not pissing on them. But I had to get it through my head that unless I'm getting that same thing, I don't want you around. And it's so much easier, and you don't get let down, whether it's an employee with you or a future girlfriend with me or whatever the hell it is. If I treat you right off the bat like, there's a good chance you're going to let me down, then I never get let down. But that's right. But you can earn my respect and my trust, and that makes it even more that you had to earn it. So, dude, I'm telling you, I quit. I quit doing that because I've been burned too many times by saying, oh, no, I think this is a good person. I think I think they're going to fit well on this show. I think they're going to fit well on our trips. They're wonderful. And then it's like, oh, this person's a fucking idiot. Why did I even <laughs> let them around in the first place? That's right. You have to death. We, we put these un, undeserving expectations on them. And we do it to ourselves. We do it to ourselves. We put an expectation on a person that hasn't given us any re- reason to give that expectation. And then we're like, fuck, now you're mad. And just like you are, I take ownership of the shit. I just had a bitch out with my, with my whole team. Uh, on Friday, because we're doing things outside of the process, we're, we're taking shortcuts, things that'll get us in a bind. Well, I had to had to pull the reins back. I thought about take a damn week off. I'll, I'll revise the SOPs if they're too complex. I thought they were simple, pretty simple shit. Uh, but I said at the end of the day, after the bitch out session, I said, "Look, I know this was rough on a lot of you." I said, "But I'm gonna be honest with you, this is all my fault." If you didn't understand it, even though I've asked and you didn't understand it, it's still my fault because I didn't I didn't give it to you in a clearer version for you to understand, you know, the process, the SOPs that are needed to move forward with these jobs. I said, so at the end of the day, it's going to be my fault. But I'm going to fix all that because next come next Monday, there's going to be no doubt. There are no questions if what your job title is or what you need to do or do X, Y, and Z. It's my fault. And, you know, I think a lot of people start taking a lot more ownership of their shit instead of kept quit pointing fingers. The world would just be a better place. Yeah, I, dude, I agree with you 100%. The more that people take ownership and the more that people sit there and say, okay, I can fix this. I'm going to tell you how to fix especially in your position, you being a business owner, between the roofing company and everything else. It's like, I've always looked at like how the father goes, the ha- the family goes. Mm-hmm. You're you're the father of the business, so you have to take on all the burden. You have to take on everything. When I go on my trips with my friends, and I'm the person that's putting the stuff together, if I don't have everything set up and we don't do the schedule of the shows and we don't do everything right, I'm not looking at anybody else. I'm looking at me, and I'm saying, okay, Josh, this is what we're going to do next time. Instead of everybody being there at two, 
everybody's going to be there at once. We're going to get there an hour ahead. We're going to fix these solutions, but we're going to blame it on me. And we're going to start with me. And the more that to me, and I'm not trying to boost myself up here. That's the difference in a boss and a leader. Boom. Exactly. I, I want to be a fucking leader. I want you to, to follow me. I want you to lead. I want to lead by example. And if you do that, man, it doesn't matter what you could be the head fry cook at fucking McDonald's. And if you lead by example and you do what you're telling your employees to do or your friends to do, then everybody's going to be successful around you. That's right. That lead by, what is that? Lead from the front. I think, I don't know who said it, but it's lead from the front. And that, that's something we, I, I really embody with, with, you know, my company or anything that we, even with my, with my children, you know, I like to lead from the front. I, I will never tell them to do something. I won't do. We do, we do, uh, I got a makeshift cold plunge out here. I made out of a damn <laughs> chest type deep, deep freezer, you know, and, you know, I get my get my boys in it, you know. You know, they don't stay in as long as I do, but you know, if they get a good sixty to sixty to ninety seconds in it, they're doing something. They're yeah. doing something. They're 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 they you know, they're working that fight or flight muscle early on, something that I never did. You know, I not only want to give the kids the life that I never my children the life that I never had, I want to teach them everything that I was never taught. And to be honest with you, man, the best lessons came from my parents just being I mean, I, I love my mom to death. She's a saint. Uh, she's been through some bullshit in her life as well, but my parents just wasn't growing up. They just was not the ideal parents, you know, you know, and with that, they taught me how not to be a parent to my children. So I want to be the complete opposite of the parent that they were. So I really just indulge and I just, even like I said, my oldest one, if he is not one to test the waters on anything, if it's a new food, it looks funny to him. He won't even try this shit, <laughs> but I'm the type of dad. It's like, you're going to try it. If you don't ever eat it again, that's cool. But you gotta try, you know. And that's just how and that's just how I embody with being the leader for my family. It's like I'll I'll even try for some. I'll I'll try the shit, you know. English peas are not my thing, but I I'll eat them son of a bitches, you know, just to prove a point to my kid that, you know, just try them. Me and you, and, are, uh, me and you are exactly the same. Yeah, so I mean, you just gotta try it. Yeah, uh, my mom and dad they were not bad parents, but they were not the parents that I needed. I think that's there's right. too, I think there's too many parents that try to be friends with their kids, and that's what I yeah. had, and that is not what I needed. I needed structure. I needed discipline. I'm the guy growing up now that's like, you know what? I wish my mom and dad would have beat my ass yeah. and put me in my place a whole lot more than what they did, and that didn't happen. So I, I'm a whole different way with my daughter, and my daughter – is in gifted. I was never in gifted. She's get straight yeah. A's. I never got fucking straight A's. Uh, no. uh, she she's really good at sports. That's about the only thing that me and her had in common. She's got a big personality. She's got she's got all my good qualities, but she but because of the way that she has been parented by me and her mother, she's got all the things that we didn't. She's got stability. Yeah. She's got two parents that work together, uh, even not being together. Like she she's got awesome. e e everything. And it starts in the home with our kids. So the more you, the more you have that mentality. Like I know some <laughs> people get like, you shouldn't force your kids to do shit. Fuck that shit. Yeah, I made, fuck I made, you. I, I made you. I made this. Yeah. Shit. And like even yesterday, this is going to be such a stupid fucking example. My child has never tried a fried bologna and egg sandwich. Never. Oh, wow. Ever. She's she <laughs> she'll, she'll turn twelve in September. 
And yesterday, for some reason, I got a craving for one, and I haven't ate one in years. Yeah. So I went and got some cheap-ass bologna, some good old eggs, some cheese, threw that shit on some some uh, butter bread, Captain John's butter bread with some mayonnaise. Yes, and she's sitting there looking at it, and she's like, okay, I got to try this. That, that little uppity bitch took one bite, and she was like, Dad, go make me one now. And it, yeah. but, but she would have never done it before because it looked nasty. And that's now, right. But now I've gotten her head between her trying sushi, between her trying all these other things. It, it, but it also could be a metaphor for anything in your life. It's okay to try stuff one time. And the that's more right. you, the more you get that ingrained in you now, the less closed minded you are about so much. I was so closed minded for Ooh. so long of my life that all I ate, if you want to narrow just it down to one subject, the food was hamburgers, corn dogs, and pizzas and chicken tenders <laughs> for. The longest time, probably until I'm like 25 years old, and I finally decided to try sushi. I finally tried like some weirder just stuff or whatever, some Brazilian cuisine and Thai food and all this kind of stuff. Found out I loved it. That's right. And if you don't try yes. stuff and if you're closed-minded, you never know what you actually love and like in this world. That's right, man. You never know what you're gonna, what you're missing out on. Uh, I, I was that way, man. I didn't want to eat sushi, man. And I was like, I was like, oh man, I ain't eating that raw shit. But then when you, you find out that there's actually cooked sushi, man, you yeah. try that. And you know, I'll be honest with you now. My one of my favorite rolls is a rainbow roll, and it's all the raw shit. Yeah, that's I'm, like I'm my, right here with you. I, that's like one of my favorite ro uh, rolls. So like early on, like up until like I don't know, probably I was like 23, maybe 24, somewhere in that area. Uh, I never ate sushi, and then. You know, I just one day I tried it, some cooked sushi, and I was like, I just ain't bad. This ain't bad. And I was like, well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go balls deep, man. I'm gonna try this raw shit. And I hit that rainbow roll, man. That was my favorite. That's what I always order. People look at me like I'm crazy. What the fuck ever? I don't care. That's what I like. Hell yeah, dude. Hey, tell them real fast before we get off here in a few minutes. Kind of tell them about your podcast and what all you do. Cause I know yes. that after they listen back to this, they're gonna want more of you. Yeah. So, um, Got a podcast called it's for the Blue Collar Alliance podcast. Um, you can find it on YouTube at 601 Roofing King. Um, that's gonna be all my channels Instagram, TikTok, Facebook is at the uh, 601 Roofing King. Um, yeah, I post short clips in the Blue Collar Alliance page. Um, they can check it out there on some clips where we touch some highlight points there. Um, on the, on the podcast, what we do is we just have real talks, kind of like me and Josh had today with real people, man. We just uh, try to indulge, try to dive a little deep into their lives. You know, a lot of people in the blue collar space or they're entrepreneurs, they got out of the blue collar space. And that's kind of the, the audience, I meant the um, host crowd that we're, we're, we're faced or uh, looking to interview, not really interview, just have talks with. We're just bullshit, man. Kind of like me and you did. We just we just shoot the shit and then kind of just give perspectives and, and life advice for the blue collar worker. So, and one day they can exit that rat race, live life um, to the fullest. Because I'll be honest with you, man, this is what did it for me when it came to the blue collar worker. Oh, man, I know he was gearing up. I don't know if a lot of your audience knows what turnarounds or shutdowns are. But it's basically when a refinery, a chemical plant or a paper mill, they shut down a portion of the plant. You go in and do the required maintenance. And then that's it. Uh, this dude was gearing up to go do a shutdown. He was like 70 years old. He had no business going to work a job. Dies dead, man, of a heart attack. Literally 70 years old, gearing up to go to a job. 
because he never set himself up, himself up with assets. He plagued his life with liabilities. He was so beat to the core that he couldn't take vacation to go spend time with his family. He missed holidays, birthdays, because I knew his family really well. Holidays, birthdays for like 50 years. He didn't get to see a lot of the, like the, the key points of his children's lives because he was he plagued himself with, with liabilities and he was just always working. So this year, after going through the through the personal stuff we went, I went through with the mental health and the 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 bad breakup and the, you know, still battling through like a little bit of trust, custody agreement now. Um I was like, I'm really gonna dive deep into the into the blue collar industry and we're gonna I'm about to start interviewing her. I got one guy that's coming on um in the next month. He come he moved out of the blue collar industry. He went to the porn industry and now he's back in the blue collar industry, you know? So, you know, we you know we got a guy, he was in the blue collar industry. He was a dog trainer, but we kind of just touch base with everybody, all walks of life, um, to kind of get perspective whether they want to start a side hustle and stuff. But at 601 Roofing King, you can find me on all my channels. Dude, that's cool. I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it a little bit more of a list than I have now. My my thing is with with podcasts is Coming from working in radio, I was taught how to do interviews, and that's not what a podcast is. Yeah. It is supposed to be like if you read the intro to my show, it says, like, imagine sitting at a bar with a complete stranger, and by the time you get done having a couple of drinks, you're best friends. Like, I've been that a hundred times. Yeah, exactly. That's what a <laughs> podcast is. That's what people want to hear. They don't want to fucking hear me ask you a hundred questions about, hey, what kind of shingles do you put on after a tornado? <laughs> yeah, yeah like, that's boring as fuck. They want to hear real life shit. They want to hear. They want to hear you. They want to hear why, if something happens, I should go with you. And after just talking to you this long, now I want to hear you talk to other blue collars. I want to. I want to hear you talk to these guys because you're right. I, I was sitting here thinking about it, and I was like, you know what, my dad and my grandpa, if they were to ever do this, and they were actually open up about what it's like working my grandpa's not gonna have any type of retirement he's done drywall he's 77 years old wow and, yeah i mean he's he's never he's never gonna be able to do anything besides what he's done and that's right and the thing is but the stories he could tell the the stuff that's right. he, the stuff that he could talk about the life experiences or whatever and so like i think i think with you doing that i think that that is such a goal mine i think it's so good and it's such good content it's real I get tied up with a bunch of these people that I meet on social media that are fake as fuck, and, but they don't know what it's, they don't know how to be real. Yeah. You're, you're taking people that are 1000% real that don't know how to be fake. That's I right. would love that environment. <laughs> come on, come on down to Dallas, man. We'll get you on the show. We, uh, we actually have a show, uh, outside of Fort Worth, if I can remember correctly. August the 4th. We're coming down there with a whole bunch of people. Um, okay. Somebody reached out to us that owns a bar down there. And uh, the Live Oak shows that we do uh, up in Nashville, they're wanting us to do a writer's round and uh, a record a podcast live before a concert one night uh, down there. And I, I think we're going to do that at the beginning of August if I've got my schedule right, which I don't have it in front of me. But uh, so, yeah, dude, we'll have to, whenever that happens, we'll have to get you and you. Yeah, whoever you want to bring, your family and them to come hang out and have fun. Hell, you can be on it with us. You sound like you you'd be a good a good fit to the fam. 
So yeah, uh, man, that sounds cool, man. Yeah, we'll have, we'll be there with some social media personalities. Make sure they share the hell out of your stuff and all that kind of stuff. Um, Appreciate that, man. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm telling you, that's one thing about us that we don't have friends around here. No, we, we we don't do fair weather friends. It's either you're ride or die, or just keep fucking riding. We, that's I, it. I, I don't want you around. And you just seem like a legit good dude. I'm glad that we got hooked up now. And uh, I really don't promote a lot of other people's shows, whether they pay to be a sponsor or not, because I think I don't like putting out shitty content or saying, hey, I listened to this when I wouldn't. I want to hear more from you. And I want our listeners to go listen to more from you because you're real, you're authentic. And that is what, to me, will always make you and me better than anybody that Nashville or whoever else is trying to push to go do a podcast just because they've got a social media following, you can carry on a conversation and you can be real to where they're going to be like, so when was your first single released? What town <laughs> yeah. were you born in? How old are you? Do yeah. You- it's so, it's so awkward to get in those interviews, man. You're like, you're kind of stumped. Cause you're like, the questions come and then the, your answer don't come fast enough. So it puts you kind of in an awkward state. I just think real conversation, like you said, I'm mean, not going to tell you how many bars I've sat at and just, struck up conversations with random people I'm, I'm i'm still friends with a few of them on facebook we still yeah. connect to this day man just because they were just really good people that were just really good energy really good vibe i'm like all right bro you're somebody that, that i would like to see your content because they put out good stuff as well so that's kind of i just tell people i don't have friends i have allies yeah i don't want friends if we're not gonna if we're not gonna figure out how we can make each other better or get to the next level help each other get to the next level i don't need you in my life Hell yeah. And to quote my buddy Nick Haynes and his song that I very much love, I found angels in a bar and I found demons in a church pew. That's right. All right, brother. We'll drop your social media one more time and we'll get the hell out of here. At 601 Roofing King. That's that's YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. All right, folks. Y'all make sure y'all go follow his podcast. Go follow him on everything. And, dude, I appreciate you taking some time with me today. Appreciate you, brother. All right, folks, we will see y'all later.